Hello, listeners. This is Chuck Ghost, host of Culture, Comms, and Cocktails. And it felt a little weird to publish this episode without an acknowledgement of what's going on. I originally recorded this episode on March 9th, which was just a week ago, but yet that feels like 10 years ago with everything that's happened. I know many of you right now are in crisis comms mode, and, and understandably so. If there's anything I can do, answer a question, provide advice, just be a sounding board, or maybe it's just a listen, please reach out to me. These are indeed strange times, but one that communicators like the guests you'll hear from later have been preparing for. So please take care of yourself, take care of your family and loved ones, and check in on your colleagues. Now let's get to it. Culture Comms and Cocktails is internal comms served straight up. So settle in, drink in the knowledge, some shaken, some stirred, and maybe even some with a twist, and enjoy the top shelf guests I have lined up for you. I'm your host, Chuck Go, Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of Culture Comms and Cocktails, we have J.P. Salmon, Director of Internal Communications and Creative Services for Southern Company Gas. J.P., welcome to Culture Comms and Cocktails. Thanks, Chuck. Really glad, glad to be here with you today. Grab a seat here at the Culture Comms and Cocktails Lounge, and let's get started. Uh, and before we get into the work you do there at Southern Company Gas, I first want to talk about some mutual connections that we share on LinkedIn. Uh, when I looked you up, I saw there was like, I don't know if it was 20, 30, something like that on there. So I'm curious, how do you feel about this statement? This is a statement I've said when I've spoken at events in Atlanta. The city of Atlanta has one of the strongest groups of communicators of any city. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Atlanta is home to some of the world's biggest, uh, most recognizable and most respected brands. In fact, I think we've got about a dozen or so Fortune 500 companies headquartered right here in the city. Some of those companies include Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, Home Depot, UPS, and of course, Southern Company. Uh, and these companies have some of the best communications folks in the world on staff. And that's across all disciplines, whether it's employee communications, media, PR, etc. So, so yeah, Chuck, Atlanta is absolutely a city rich with communications talent. And it seems like when I'm, when I'm there, it truly is a community of communicators that maybe it's because of the, the large number of corporations there and still somewhat of a tight-knit city. It almost seems like every communicator knows every communicator, at least they know their boss or they worked with a coworker at one point because people do bump around the jobs. And it just seems like that strengthens that communicator community there so much. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. Uh, several of us have worked together in, in different roles or different capacities at various companies. But another thing I, I would add to that is to say that we've got a pretty strong uh, chapter of IABC here in Atlanta. And, you know, there's, there's lots of events and, and networking, uh, awards events, things like that. So, so yeah, it is, it is kind of a tight-knit community in the city, even though we have, you know, all these big companies and uh, there's so many of us here. It's still, it's still relatively tight-knit. Yeah, I was at an event there in January and actually asked the communicators in the room to give themselves a round of applause for building that kind of tight-knit community because I see that happening. I see the, the, the sharing on LinkedIn and the commenting on LinkedIn and interactions on Twitter. And obviously you mentioned some of the face-to-face -face stuff that happens in local association chapters. So yeah, it's just, it, it's a great city and a great group of communicators. So I thought I'd just kick this 
off with that comment. And for those that aren't in Atlanta or those that aren't familiar with Southern Company Gas, give us a lay of the land there. Like, how is the company structured? Who is the company? Like, where where do the people work? What are the people like? How big is the comms team there? Just kind of give us a good feel for the organization. So Southern Company Gas is a subsidiary of Southern Company, which is one of the nation's premier energy companies. Uh, Southern Company has both electric and natural gas utilities. Uh, Southern Company is a big believer in, in what Tom Fanning, the CEO, calls the whole portfolio of, of energy sources, so natural gas, nuclear, renewables, etc. But Chuck, Southern Company Gas is the operator of our natural gas distribution companies. So our portfolio includes utilities in, in Georgia, Virginia, Illinois, and Tennessee. And we also have some, some non-utility businesses spread across multiple states. Uh, we have a really big presence in, in Houston, Texas, uh, for example. But uh, from a corporate communications perspective, the bulk of our team is located at our main office here in Atlanta. But we do have some smaller teams in Naperville, Illinois, and Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. Uh, Total, we've got about two dozen folks or so on the team, uh, serving about 4,500 employees and more than 4.2 million customers. That's great. That, that, that gives me a good sense, especially from someone I'm not. I'm not in the area or any of those states, so that's really helpful to uh, learn that. And then in 2019, you were part of the launch of Fuel, which is a new internal comps platform for the company. Why was it important to create? a great employee experience there and is this unique to the utility industry and maybe share with us a little bit of what internal comms looked like at the company before fuel was available to employees sure so fuel fuel was really it was completely transformative for our company in terms of how we communicate and engage with employees it truly was a fundamental shift away from sort of the desktop centric model of communication so so really via email and intranet. Uh, so for us, this was particularly important to consider the nature of our business. So more than half of our employees are field-based, Chuck, and so they don't sit at a desk all day. They're not in front of a computer all day. So, so being able to reach them with timely, relevant communication directly on their phone, that was a game changer for us. It, it really like completely changed the paradigm. Uh, in terms of in terms of again meeting employees where they are with that communication uh, directly to their to their smartphones. And what did you do to create some interest and energy around the launch of this new platform, both from what employees saw, but also perhaps even from senior leadership? Good question. So we wanted to come out of the come out of the gate with a lot of energy and interest. So. So to launch Fuel, we coordinated what we called digital cafes in our four big offices in Atlanta, Naperville, Virginia Beach, and Houston. So what we did is we kind of brought in baristas uh, to, to, uh, to each of our locations, and what we wanted to do is we wanted to, to fuel up our folks with caffeine and a breakfast. Uh, and when folks walked into our cafes, they were greeted with posters and banners promoting Fuel and instructions on how to download it and access it. We had a hype video playing on loop. Uh, our Corpcom teams in each location literally took people's phones uh, and helped them download it and show them how it worked. Then we had them take selfies and upload it to a special uh, fuel launch channel so you could see your colleagues from across the footprint. Um, but leading up to the, to, to the launch of 
fuel really sold itself. So I met with, with leaders in our safety department, in our HR department, just across the board and kind of showed them what fuel was capable of and why this would be such a value add for, for our employees. And, and really, once I was able to do that, it kind of sold itself. And, and one thought, you had some really good puns, or, or I should say puns in there. You talked about bringing energy to it, which I thought that was good. Got fueling up your employees with coffee. That was good. Just wanted to recognize those puns that you threw yeah. in there. Uh, but I also liked that you encouraged people to use it right away. And not, right. Just, not just in a passive way, meaning let me just see what the company serves up for me, but getting them in there in creating their own content, even something as benign as a selfie, of how powerful that is just letting people see what that access looks like and allowing them to publish. Again, something that's not business critical, probably deviates from all content strategy, but gets them sharing that selfie in there right away. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's right. And, and we, were, we were completely okay with the fact that it wasn't business related. Like, Right out of the, you know, at the outset, we just wanted people to engage with it. We wanted people to, to make sure that they were opening it and using it. And, and that was one way that we found was kind of creative enough and uh, to, to really get people in there. And, you know, once we, once we get them in there, then we can kind of show them the other stuff. But the, the trick was, you know, right out of the gate was getting them in there. So then once you got them right in there, what have the results been since you rolled out Fuel? The results have been kind of crazy, honestly. Uh, we're seeing dramatic improvements in, in our employee engagement over our desktop intranet. Uh, so leading up to the launch of Fuel, uh, the team working on this, we spent several hours each week working on our content strategy. Uh, one of the things we did is we decided to have one channel open uh, for all employees to be able to post their own content. Uh, but we spent lots of time thinking uh, about how to get people engaged and thinking of creative ways to, to drive that engagement through things like contests and other things. Uh, but what I found right off the bat is that I didn't need to do a whole lot of that because employees naturally just started posting content. So instead, I needed to figure out how uh, to almost rein them in and shape the content that they were posting so that it was a value add for all employees. So, so while we were totally prepared to have to kind of drag people in and engage them, uh, ended up being you know, totally unprepared for the incredibly positive response from our employees. So overall, you know, the, the results have been great. And, and that's ne across nearly every, every metric that we have available. So aside from getting that, capturing some of that enthusiasm from employees, which is obviously a huge sign of success, what have been a few other successes that you've experienced and or were there any lessons you learned along the way. Not, not everything is always perfect, so are there any lessons you learned? <laughs> yeah, so success has been really kind of off the chart so far. Um, working with Social Chorus to, to do some, some additional strategic work, we've kind of seen that we're, we're ahead of industry benchmarks in nearly every category. So whether it's adoption, uh, retention, impressions, we're, we're really uh, seeing some really positive results. Uh, it's been incredible and, and much more successful than even I envisioned. Um, all the metrics show just fantastic engagement from employees. Uh, but we have had some lessons that we've had to learn as well, which, which was expected because we had no blueprint for how this should be done, not at our company. Um, but one of those uh, 
most of those lessons were, were in the technical space, I think. So again, our content and, and channel strategy proved to be you know, pretty well thought out and we've been able to execute really to, to almost a near flawless level. And now I'm going to throw another pun on you. With, with Southern Company Gas powered by fuel, uh, where, is, where is that headed in 2020? We're now March. Uh, where is fuel going to go the rest of the year inside Southern Company Gas? What do, you want to, what do you guys want to work on to keep tweaking it and making it a little bit better? Yeah, I'm really excited about 2020. Uh, we're really focused on three main things this year. Number one is continued adoption. So I want everyone in our company to have fuel on their mobile device. Uh, number two is retention. I want every employee to come back day after day, week after week, month after month. And the third thing that we're going to be laser focused on is this notion of employee advocacy. So, so I want our 4,500 employees to be advocates for our brand, our business, and our industry. So we're building out a strategy with, with the help of Social Course uh, that will encourage people to share content from Fuel to their own networks and social media platforms. That's really important for us for several reasons. Uh, mainly, there's a lot of mistruths, mistruths out there about our industry, and we see Fuel as a way to get the truth out there uh, by having employees share content externally. Uh, but we also see it as a way to enhance our brand reputation uh, by sharing the Southern Company Gas story externally. Uh, we're a great company with a great product and a great story that deserves to be told, and Fuel will help us do that. And with all the, the success that you had with, with the launch and on in the 2020, on a scale of 1 to 10, how proud are you of the work you did and also your team's uh, success early on? Yeah, without a doubt, that's a 10. Uh, I could not be more proud of the small uh, team that we have and the incredible work that they did in 2019 and continue to do in 2020. Uh, they really are the reason Fuel has been so successful uh, as they've worked tirely, tirelessly to ensure that this platform is something that benefits employees. Uh, in fact, if you don't mind, I'd love to give a shout out to, to Kate Goodhart, Matt Ingold, Amy McKinnon, uh, Melissa Sepka, Jennifer LeBlanc, and Amy Mallett for the tremendous job they've done. Yeah, this isn't the Oscars. We don't cut people off on, the, awesome. on the speeches. We, at Social Course, we love shout-outs. We give shout-outs all the time to our coworkers. So, no, that, that was great. It does. Um, obviously, when we do these podcasts, we tend to feature the people that uh, are the, the kind of the program lead or the ones that leading some of the strategy and efforts. But you're right. It does take uh, a team both on the communication side, the HR side, the IT side. Everybody comes together. And, in fact, what I see a lot of times is that Projects like these, like with yours, Launch of Fuel, will help break down these little mini silos that sometimes develop inside mm -hmm. companies and, and bring smaller teams together into one larger team. That's right. Yep. Well, we talked about the culture and comms there at Southern Company Gas. The podcast is Culture, Comms, and Cocktails. So, JP, I'd like to hear from you. What is your favorite cocktail or cocktail recommendation? For listeners, Chuck, I'm more of a beer guy. Uh, I that really works. love I, I love IPAs and I love stouts, uh, but I do enjoy a, a bourbon neat. So my go-to is Maker's Mark, uh, mainly because it pairs great with a good cigar, uh, especially a good cigar from Boss Cigars in Carrollton, Georgia. So that's that's kind of where I hang out with my cocktails and where I like to uh, 
to relax with either a good IPA or, or maybe a maker's mark. That's the first cigar recommendation we've had on the podcast, so that's a good one. And, and you started saying that uh, gentleman Tom Dykus from Herman Miller was on. He went the, he went the beer route because he's out of Grand, Rap, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they have a lot of uh, microbreweries there. And then um, Mike Gleckler from McKee Foods talked about having a bourbon neat on his. So he, you're, you're in good company with those two. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with a good bourbon or a good IPA. JP, thanks again for being on Culture Crimes Cocktails, telling the story about fuel. I know that I did not get a chance to work with you and the team there, but my colleagues, uh, Karen and Rachel did. They speak just such wonderful things about what you and the team have done there. So it truly has been a privilege to have you on the podcast. Chuck, I really appreciate this opportunity. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comes and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.